Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Left angle. DeRozan left corner three. Bullseye! Ayo Dosumu with his third triple. He's got 14 in the ball game, and the Bulls are 15 of 29, 51% from three-point range. After the travel, the play, before I scored, he was like, just go deliberately, like deliberate, go one way, and then just get into your shot. Um, don't don't think about it. Just, you know, take it and drive and then get into your spot. And then the next play, I did it on him, and then he was like, I didn't say do it on me. I just said do it in the future. <laughs> That's outstanding. That this bull season just keeps getting better. I had to talking about an exchange he had with Bradley Beal in the Bulls win over the Wizards last night. Heard here on these very airwaves, Chuck Swirsky calling the play by play. And that was in the post game where I was talking about an exchange with Bradley Beal. He travels this and Beal's telling him, slow down, slow down. Hey, all right, you know what? Just grip it and rip it, essentially is what he told him. So Io, an excellent student, did just that, and he did it on Beal. And Beal's, you could see in the replay, you could see Beal shaking his head. Oh man, youngin, don't! And Beal shakes his hand. It shakes his head just enough, <laughs> and it was just terrific. He's Mike Esposito. I'm Steve Rosenman. Welcome in. Welcome back to the score. It's lunchtime. Oh, by the way, we got a response to adding to our suckage roll call. From a mm-hmm. lovely and talented source. And we'll discuss Julie Swika later on. But thanks, Jules. But now we ha- it's lunchtime, and we need to get to Rick Camp. We're going to the Scores Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And if you're talking large, we're talking a member of the I'm Fat podcast. And we are talking about the Bulls' chances of winning something this year, and here's the host of the Bulls postgame show on the score, Rick Camp. Rick, thanks for joining us. Do you make it seem surprising that, you know, I base my life around, you know, maybe not be doing things around noon? What time does the show end that I work on Monday through Friday? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you share with the class? Uh, Bernstein and Rahimi is over at noon. It's, so, it's always it's lunchtime. lunchtime. It's over at lunchtime. <laughs> We have a food issue to discuss with you. But first, the exchange, seeing what Io did, seeing how he takes direction. Apparently, Billy Donovan has been saying this for a while, and Beal noticed it, and Beal was helping coach Io, and then he got an Io in his eye, and he's shaking his head. I, 
the it was terrific entertainment, especially when you knew the story and they didn't go back and look at it. But that was such a such a great moment, such a great teaching moment, such a great learning moment, and what a wonderful part of this full story, I think. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I love about the NBA is that those kind of things happen like more than we think in terms of a player noticing something about a guy that he's guarding. And especially if it's that dynamic where it's like a really good veteran player and a rookie that, you know, he clearly sees potential in, but just, you know, like needs a tweak here and there. Like those are the kind of things that you see happen a decent amount. Now, normally they won't give the advice until after the game, which, you know, Hey, good on Bradley Beal. I, I get it though. Sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind, or you give it that your short-term memory might suck to where it's like, Hey, I'm going to forget to do this after the game. So I might as well do it now. And he had to deal with the consequences a little bit, but yeah, it just like, and I has been so important for this team too, in general, because I mean, if we're being honest here, this is not the deepest team in the world. So having a guy like Io be able to play the way he has has been absolutely critical, you know, especially with all the COVID absences that we're having. But even if you take that out, I mean, think about the dynamic of this team if they don't have a guy like him in the rotation. Like banking on a second round pick to play to play a decent role in your rotation is kind is a gamble and it, I don't think it was necessarily the plan from Jump Street but the fact that he's been able to play well enough to give them that flexibility to maybe not play Troy Brown Jr or something when he hasn't when in moments where he's not playing as well I think that's been absolutely huge for the Bulls just because you know like I mentioned they put so many resources into making the top end of the roster better that the back end of the roster kind of suffers as a result and you know this Bulls Second unit, you know, with Kobe White back is better now, but it's it's definitely kind of touch and go as, as you go throughout the year. Well, and you talk about Io uh, being a sponge and picking things up quickly, and we all know, uh, you know, how upset he was that he fell into the second round, and it was one of those things where, uh, and AK said it uh, on our airwaves the other day, you know, this is a guy who you drafted in the second round, not necessarily knowing what you're going to get out of him year one, and now he's he's getting their toughest defensive assignment at times. Yeah. There are moments where they definitely need him to do that, especially on second units. And it's just an interesting dynamic to think of uh, in that second unit backcourt, because if you asked, you know, the average bulls fan out there, who's younger, IO or Kobe white, pretty much everybody would say IO. However, the answer is Kobe white. And that's part of the reason that IO made it to the second round is because he, you know, he's a guy that at least is perceived to not have as much of a ceiling because of some of his offensive limitations. And then also just the fact that he's older. But if you're a team where you're saying, Hey, don't really need him to be much more than what he is like a good defender that can maybe hit a shot here and there then, and you can deal with that with the rest of a second unit dynamic, then he can fill a role. And I think that's exactly what he ended up being, what he's been for the Bulls so far. And that's kind of been, you know, uh, AK's thing when, you know, I think some of the second round stuff gets a little overblown just because there's not as many in terms of numbers, but it's also second round picks in the NBA. So it's kind of whatever at, at that regard, if you get anything out of any of them. But just the fact of, with his entire vision of all of this, of each individual person, you can tell exactly what he saw and how this thing fits together. 
And when you have a piece or two out, then, you know, the house of cards kind of start to, to fall just a, just a little bit, but that's the kind of, uh, you know, overall vision is, is great for how quick this turnaround has happened, but also makes me question a little bit of the moving forward and what this team can end up being. Our guest is Rick Camp. He hosts the Bulls postgame show. You'll be able to hear him after the Bulls play the Mavericks on Sunday. Pre-game show with Chuck at 6.15 and Rick on afterwards. When you were talking about, when you made the statement, I don't want to mishear this, about not a deep team. Mm-hmm. This is, <clears throat> DeMar DeRozan missed 11 of 16 shots yesterday and the Bulls won. And that, you know, it's not something you think was possible. And White, Kobe White and and Io are meshing together the same way we weren't sure Levine and DeRozan would. And you're getting contributions from so, there's so much balance, which I consider deep. I mean, they were going really small yesterday. So did I mishear something? No. And, No, that's, I think what you said at the very end though, is key. They play very small because you're, as I'm looking at the box score from yesterday, now mind you, Kobe white and IO have been awesome. That is regardless of, of one individual game or anything. I'm not banking on them going 14 of 17 more often than not. And because like, and they shot 52% of the feet from the field. 45% 45% from three on 33 attempts for the bulls, which is better for them, but it's Kobe white and Io DeSumo, And then, okay. You'll get Alex Caruso back, which is obviously a big piece, but the thing is they're so heavy in their small guys. It's like, yeah, you have this guy, you have this guy, you have this, like you have four or five guards you can play, but you should really only be playing three of them at a time. Maybe. And then when, like, when I look at the landscape of the East, because apparently I became a bad guy because I said, I don't think the bulls can make the finals this year. And it's, yeah, it is, by the way, it's, it's a great sign of how far the bulls have come (laughs) that of me saying that gets people mad. Like it's honestly a great sign. And the other thing I said with that is I hope I'm wrong, but when you look at the bucks. Oh, yeah. Here's a shock. Studs is a meatball about a Chicago team. Um, <laughs> when you look at the Bucks, how are you matching up with Giannis? I was you, saying Bullards. Possible. Uh, but how do you match up with Giannis? How do you match up with Kevin Durant? How do you match up with Joel Embiid or Bam Adebayo and, and everything that the Heat have going for them? Assuming, and assuming there's relative health with any of them. So... I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. I think that the Bulls are really good. However, one of the criticisms of this team coming into the year was that they would probably be a better regular season team versus a playoff team. And they've gotten much better in the half court offensively, partially due to their their ISOs being much more efficient as of late. But when I think of the playoffs and I think of the other coaches being able to nitpick individual matchups against the bulls if i'm one of these teams that has the ability to run pick and roll a decent amount with multiple ball handlers i'm getting vucevic and DeRozan involved in as many pick and rolls as humanly possible and daring them to beat me or if it's the sixers if they make any sort of ben simmons trade they're going to be bringing in better players to fill out their roster even more which is going to make philly more viable than they are at the moment 
So I'm just saying, like, we love to live in, you know, with the blinders on and the Bulls colored glasses and all that. But when you look at the landscape of everything else, the Bulls are doing so much better than I could have thought and than any reasonable expectation would have been coming into the year. But, no you doubt. know, there's still things to work on. So, like I've said, enjoy the hell out of this because this is the most fun year in the arc of a team by a mile. And I'm enjoying the hell out of it. But if people are asking me what I think when it comes to playoff time, that's a little bit of a different question. Rick, yeah, I I, I agree with you. I am enjoying the hell out of this as well. Uh, they're fun. And seeing Kobe heat up has certainly been uh, great for him personally and for the team. What say you to the people who want to trade him to address exactly what you were talking about? He's he's the one whose name seems to pop up most that, oh, well, we could just trade Kobe White at the deadline and, and acquire some size. I really, I probably wouldn't be against it. It obviously depends on the name. But if you have all the guys that you have, and Billy Donovan's been really good about staggering when he needs to, staggering to Rosen staggering Levine and even if you have to fit Lonzo into that a little bit too to make sure you have enough offense on your second unit I think it's probably worth it 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 really is because like as I've mentioned I don't think their depth is that great depth also doesn't matter quite as much in the playoffs you need to have like eight dudes that's really all you need to have but one of those three off the bench kind of has to have a little bit of size it can't Mm -hmm. be like caruso kobe white and whoever the other guy ends up being now maybe if that ends up being like Derek jones or something and he's okay for a matchup cool but if it's getting someone like jeremy grant or harrison barnes and you don't have to give up patrick williams in that deal and it's let's say kobe white in the portland pick and then you like whatever salary filler has to go there to make the numbers work okay I could see doing that because then if IO's playmaking continues to develop a little bit and you have, and then you stagger a little bit more of whether it's DeRozan with the second unit or giving, you know, maybe Lonzo ball a little more time to do be a primary initiator, which isn't what he's best at. But when we're talking about second units, okay. Like basically manufacture the Kobe white role a little bit more. I would rather prioritize getting a starting level power forward and kind of making that Kobe White role work, you know, uh, fudge that a little bit more that, than anything else. So I guess it's kind of a, a pick your pick your poison. When we're at this point, you know, I think you're doing perfectly fine if we're already talking about this at this point of the year with like five weeks left till the trade deadline, but that's probably how I would attack it. Here's Rick Camp. He is the host of the Bulls postgame show here on The Score. They play the Mavericks tomorrow. You hear Chuck's pregame at 6.15. And then the play-by-play at 6.30, and Rick after the game, Bulls and Mavericks. But Rick is also a large part of the I'm Fat podcast, a co-founder, a co-eater. And I got to run this by you, Rick. A a new food item dropped at the Toyota Center last night where the Rockets Mm -hmm. play. I don't know if you saw this, but I want to explain this to the class. It is a jumbo hot dog. With mac and cheese and bacon and Fruit Loops. Hmm. <laughs> I like those things individually. I think as the I Fruit say, Loops threw them off there. As as I say on the podcast, there are no bad words there. However, it's a little odd. It's a little odd to have, you know. To have the Fruit Loops, yeah, the Fruit Loops kind of throw it a little bit. I, I 
get the okay you just want to add sugar but i would definitely try it yeah. everything else is so good that i would definitely try it i almost wonder if they'd be better if the fruit loops were not were not whole and they were kind of crunched a little bit not into dust but into like halves or quarters so that way it's littler pieces i could see that being a little better but i don't know about whole fruit loops <laughs> i i need smaller pieces for each individual bite okay well i'll send that down to the i'm fat podcast suggest that you use quarter quarter circles quarter loops and mm-hmm. we'll do that so i just wanted to run that by you because the the whole fruit loop idea i just i'm all for exponential savory i'm not i don't want not and any of part of the sweetness there so i just yeah. thought i'd find out what you guys think it's Thank fair you. we'll take it under consideration and we will possibly uh speak of it <laughs> once again on this week's podcast road trip all right <laughs> rick thanks for your time we appreciate it thanks guys all right lunchtime with rick camp rick is that's the, a segment right there that is it because the show he co-producer of Bernstein and Rahimi, it ends at lunchtime. He came on with us at lunchtime, the I'm Fat podcast, and you can catch him on Bulls postgame. Uh, and we have a texter, 206 texters. Think of the Fruit Loops as a replacement for ketchup and pickles? Question mark? What? I don't know. The, the, the ketchup, Loops, I know, has a sweetness, so I, I get that. Pickles? The pickles, though? No. That's no. Still, it's you putting pickles in your, in your cereal? Like, I hate. Did you? I. I still have a childhood scar, emotional, mental, a recoiling of eating like the sweet pickles, what they call bread and butter pickles, those things. That's a horrible thought. Have you ever had those, Espo? No. No, and it don't, does not sound like anything good. No, I was just going to say that sounds all, all of that sounds bad. Oh, it's awful. So we did have a response. Our friend Julie Swika, she's part of, she's a fellow Sekajir. And she responded to us asking for help in putting together our suckage roll call. Mm-hmm. And she had made the point of uh, the Avenue Q. This is from Julie Swike. Did you guys know there's a song in the hilarious musical Avenue Q called It Sucks to Be Me? I recommend checking it out. Well, there you go, studs. Trash. Panda. I've never seen this musical, but I will. Inv- I'm going. I plan to investigate during the break here, and we'll see. Apparently, she she also in- had a follow up. Says there's there's one f bomb that I need to watch out for. So I'll, I'll, I'll might have to do some editing. But I mean, all we need is the it sucks to be me. So we'll we'll, we'll get it done. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, Jules. We appreciate it. We're asking all of our suckageers that we that we want to try to help trash panda reach his goal of the entire first segment of the show be a roll call and then we go to commercial so you don't <laughs> you, you don't hear us we just take roll and then we're going to make a we're going to make this this poster this the team picture it's going to be the sergeant peppers of suck it's going to be all these just like these floating heads and we're just we put these people on there wouldn't that be great because really, the roll call takes a minute, right? And we've got we'll, ten or something like that. We'll, we'll need a, a montage. Minute. Yes, we, we we'll need a montage and a and an index, a la the Beatles Sergeant Pepper's album cover, to tell us who everyone is and you know make sure that everyone understands yeah, who is part that. of the group. 
can we do that on their, on their website? Can we do, do they know that we should be on their website, or would that mean <laughs> important people might be listening to this show and then we'd never get on the air again? Well, All I right. think at the very least we can we can get a collage together. And I mean, I I know some people that are decent with graphic design. We could pull it off. Okay. That's, or I, I could just do a crappy Photoshop. That that would suck. Something that would suck would be very. It impro- needs to look bad. This, like it shouldn't. Like I would tell if someone's going to make it for us, I would say, look, put no effort into this. Like, take ten minutes. Whatever your first draft is, send it to me. <laughs> there we go. That's that's wonderful. Do we have so even? Even below a art school entry level position, we'd want someone with less talent. Well, I mean, than at that. that point, I'll just do it. I was an amateur Photoshoppy person in college. Me and my friends were, and so all you'd be doing is dropping like the little floating heads right into the into the back. We need a background like Sergeant Pepper had the, you know that that grand. It almost looked like they were at Disneyland in the front of the happiest place on earth flower bed. So we need that kind of. Where would we do that, Espo? Where would we have the? What would the background be? What would the setup be? Uh, I think you gave the address earlier in the show uh, on Football Drive up there in Lake Forest. We oh, could yeah. we could maybe set them up oh, in front of there. What do you my think? My God! And that leads to the second thing we're asking of <laughs> of our second years and Wake and Bake Club members: if they keep Ryan Pace next week, we need people to go up there and protest and clown makeup. And in your clown, you're on your forehead, in your clown makeup, write the names. You get your choice. Pick one of the four. Pace, Phillips, McCaskey, Virginia. Just make sure that you're up there in clown makeup. And we'll collaboration. See yeah, collaboration. I guess you could write collaboration on your forehead. You need a... You need a pretty big four. You'd probably need like Bernstein's head. He's got an oversized head. You really need you really need Bernstein's head to write that on. And then you could have Layla up there with her film crew with Bernstein's head. That's a collaboration. And that's your Bernstein and Rahim. Show moments. promotion right there. There you go. So John John Madden passed away before we got to do this show. And I I wasn't sure. Studs, did you know his full and complete history, the whole thing? Yes, I'm a student of the game. I know you're so, a student of Madden I can football. Tell you, I can, yes, I know he was a, a Hall of Fame coach and then a Hall of Fame announcer, and then the then the game came along. So, yes, I'm, I'm aware of his resume. Okay. All right. Just Because I was a Raiders fan, and we were trying to get Amy Trask on the show, former CEO of the Raiders, um, in the wake of that, and also – to talk to her, she's uh, she wrote a book, co-wrote a book, or written with Mike Freeman of USA Today, called "You Negotiate Like a Girl," and she was handpicked by Al Davis, the Prince of Darkness, which made her the Princess of Darkness. <laughs> and it was it was I'd still like to talk to Amy, and I love the John Madden stuff. This there's so much that came out about John Madden that I did not know. The whole idea of him and Peggy Fleming on a bus, right? Wasn't it Peggy Fleming? Yeah, did you did you watch the documentary, the yes. Madden documentary? That yes. was great. And it was and it was written and you know, it was really ta- tagged. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. You need to watch that if you're a football fan. That Madden doc was outstanding. And and I meant more well, I was a massive Raiders fan and that that whole I don't really need to see that immaculate reception again. I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see that bad call. But 
there was this story came out among the many things that came out. It happened in Chicago at the Ritz Carlton. Madden is here, and he's with his agent. Um, he's with his agent, Sandy Montag, and a British fan approaches the table and says, he tells Madden there's only one NFL game every week in the United Kingdom, and while the, no, the, the networks rotate that game, this British fan tells Madden he only watches the games that Madden was calling, and then he leaves. So Madden thanks him, and then later he says to Sandy Montag, man, that man had big glasses I, and a big attitude. I like that. And that's when Sandy Montag told John Madden that the British fan who approached him was Elton John. <laughs> Madden didn't know who Elton John was. Well, uh, you know, living on a bus, I mean, you know, you, you, you got uh, he's watching film on the bus. He's not watching music videos, that's for sure. Yeah. So that was that. Um, there were some, speak, we spoke of Virginia McCaskey. She had a birthday. This week. She did. Happy birthday, 99. Um, her, we'll come back with this. We'll take a break and we'll come back. We're going to, this is, lends itself to a start, bench, cut kind of decision. The January 5th birthdays. So we'll run, I'll run this by you, Espo, and then you can make okay. your own decisions. Okay. Got it. This is Saturday Suckage. We're looking for other sounds of suck. You people need to contribute. This is what suckage years are for. We support fellow suckage years. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mike Esposito. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Boom! Tough acting to actin'. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be broken, unemployed, and turning 33. Trash Panda is on it! Look at that. Thank you, Julie. Thanks, Jules. She's a pleaser, not a teaser. And that's it from Avenue Q. It sucks to be me. We're just trying to add to the suckage roll call. We're going to have to go back to Julie and ask her what character, because we need to, as we (laughs) put the, the Sergeant Pepper of Suck poster together, who's singing that? Now that we have a director of musical theater and culture, Jules, she'll help us. That the so official title now? That what? Yeah. <laughs> She's part of the show. She's right. part of the show. Right. Well, we're putting we're putting her on the payroll for $15 an hour. She will be <laughs> on the show. Whoa, who's paying that? Because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be a great collaborator. That would be great collaboration. And we have a texter here who's suggesting 773. How did Speegs miss out? Making a collaborate spoof of Cool and the Gang's Celebrate. Collaborate good times. We suck. Come on. Da-na-na. Yeah. Yeah. Should have Julie on. What's national? When's National Baking Month? National Baking Week? National. She's, she's terrific. That's like artwork. You've seen her stuff, Espo? I have. She's, she makes. Like entire gingerbread Christmas villages. Well, apparently July is January. Excuse me, is National Baking Month. Is it really? Apparently, (laughs) that's what it says. Did you just make that up so we could have Julie on? I googled National Baking Month and it says January. (laughs) After all of the baking holidays that Thanksgiving and Christmas are. Okay. Well, now we have a reason to have Julie on. Okay. There you go. So January 5th, we were, Wednesday, that we were informed it was Virginia McCaskey's birthday. She turned 99, the um, owner of the Bears, the decider of the Bears, 99. So I said, well, okay, who does she share her birthday with? You know, we, we, we do this sometimes. We look at that and go, okay. So this is, Espo, this is a uh, start bench cut kind of thing. This is a, a wonderfully eclectic list. Sharing a January 5th, 5th birthday with Virginia McCaskey are, and I'm going to go in uh, descending age, Robert Duvall, 91. Robert 90. Duvall is 91? Yes, he is. Wow. Diane, I not guess that. Diane Keaton turned 75 on January 5th. That means okay. we had Tom Hagen and Kay Corleone born on the same day. Wow. Michael couldn't have liked that. <clears throat> no. <laughs> Clancy Brown turned 62. You know that name? I, I do for one reason, and you know which reason that is. Captain Hadley? Yep, Shawshank. Yeah. If you watched Billions, 
He was Jock Jeff Coat. He's a striking I do, I, figure. That's right. And I and I do watch Billions. Yes, that's correct. And do you and your kids, maybe this is a trash panda thing. SpongeBob SquarePants, Mr. Krabs. Oh, hell yeah. What about him? Mm-hmm. That's Clancy Brown. Really? Yes. That's that. the voice. That's He is terrific, Clancy Brown. He turned 62 on January 5th. Carrie Ann Inaba. Name mean anything to you guys? I have no idea who that is. Nope. Dancing with the Stars. She was one of the three judges. Oh, okay. I know. I, I can visualize her from seeing shots of the judges yeah. in the show, but I never watched the show. Bradley Cooper turned 46. Bradley Cooper shares a birthday with Virginia McCaskey. January Jones. You know January Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Suds. I don't, I don't know. Espo, tell them. Mad Men, right? Yeah. Oh, see, I only have seen like one episode of Mad Men. Well, she was the wife. <laughs> one of many wives, but she was the first. <laughs> and the last birthday on this list, a woman turned 34. Studs, listen up. Kristen Cavallari. Her I oh, know. Boy. She shares a birthday with Virginia McCaskey. January 5th. Not January Jones. January 5th. Virginia McCaskey is a whole retired person older than Kristen Cavallari. <laughs> She is. Virginia McCaskey. All right. So Robert Duvall, Diane Keaton, Clancy Brown, Carrie Ann Inaba, Bradley Cooper, January Jones, Kristen Cavallari. Start, bench, cut. Hmm. I I mean, I don't know how you don't keep Robert Duvall. I mean, Robert Duvall is, is a legend, as is Diane Keaton. I feel bad even, you know, considering... One and not the other. Can I keep them as a pair? Is that allowed? I'm sorry. Tom Hagen is sort of a brother and can't. Can, I, no. <laughs> That's the whole idea behind this. I understand. Well, I'm Start cutting Kristen Cavallari. I, I can tell you I'm cutting <laughs> Kristen Cavallari. Yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you on that one, Espo. We're cutting, we're cutting Kristen. Um. How about this? I'm going to start Bradley Cooper because he's in his prime He's a star. I enjoy his work. I think he's uh, one of the best in the business. I, I'm, I'm going to bench Duvall and Keaton because they're retired and they're old, and and I have to. If I if I have to pick one, I'm I'm going to take Duvall. Uh, but I would like to pair them together, a la The Godfather, and uh, and keep them together. And with apologies to Clancy Brown, who I'd love to keep, but uh, we we just don't seem to have the room. Okay. All right. You you tell them that. Oh, that was just <laughs> yeah, right. Will he come with me with his uh, billy club and uh, and ransack my cell if if I don't keep him? Yeah, boy, to see to see <clears throat> Captain Hadley and then to see Jock Jeffcoat in Billions like they're two different people and yep. they would be they're different ages but just spectacular stuff. Just he, he, he exactly he would he would be a guy you know how Parkins and Spiegel love to have random you know that guy actors on he is a guy they should have on well he touches all I'd the like generations to... I mean he's in, in a way he's a Madden because he's done it in different ways like SpongeBob SquarePants to Shawshank which is the movie that you in one of maybe like five movies that you see that and you got to finish it to the end Automatic. and then he does then he does Billions which was was terrific. Yep. Co-written by or written by the guys who wrote Rounders. So always a soft spot there mm-hmm. for Brian um, Koppelman and um, David Levine. All right. So 
Can, so, I, can I give mine? Because I, I, I think I'm going to surprise you guys with my start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start Clancy Brown. Look at you. And that's because I, first of all, he, I, he's, I don't know if you guys are watching the new Dexter series. I don't know if you watched the original mm-hmm. Dexter. It's good. Check it out. You can stop after like season five, though, or after season four. But anyway, um, then they, they're, they're doing like a, a reboot kind of thing for Dexter, and Clancy Brown is in it, and he's awesome. Um, but Clancy Brown is also a key figure in my second favorite movie of all time, and also my second most watched movie of all time, Starship Troopers. He plays the 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 brilliant Sergeant Zim, who's like the drill instructor. For, for, uh, really? Yes, that's him. Okay. And he's awesome. I love that movie. Like, I think it's just wonderfully stupid and over the top in so many ways. <laughs> wonderfully <laughs> stupid and over the top in so many ways, and it's the second most watched movie in my life. I I will sit down and watch that movie anytime, anywhere. Like, I love that movie. It's also, it's, I think, the first R-rated movie I ever saw. Ooh. Is Shawshank Redemption number one on that list? If I'm ranking the movies, Clancy Brown movies, movies? Yes. oh no, Shawshank, no, the- no, I don't think Shaw. Like Wayne's World's number one by by far and away. Okay, I don't know where Shawshank's up. I don't know somewhere. If I were to make the list, it would fall somewhere. But I mean, is Wayne's I- World the movie that you have to keep watching no matter when you turn it on? I well yeah I guess so or no matter when you find it on well yeah I mean I'll, I'll probably put it on but I also tend to just put it on at random points I, I remember one time vividly one time in college watching it twice within six hours on like a random Saturday <laughs> night we didn't have much that's going why on. he produces the Wake and Bake Club ladies <laughs> there, there you go and by the way apparently Espo we have a bunch yep. of texters telling us that I see that Clancy Brown has in fact been on. Parkinson's miss a speedball. little, miss a lot, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. He has been on before, so he is that guy who covers all generations. All right, so I, I don't, I think that's a great choice. Studs, that's the Trash Panda and, made a made a, a wonderful choice there. And, and I'm going to bench uh, Bradley Cooper. Oh, but at least Sorry. he's on your Sorry, team. Brad. Yeah, he's on my he's team. On you haven't line. cut him. He, yeah, I'm cutting Kristen. Though. Yeah, She's course. gone. <laughs> <laughs> we <knew> that. <laughs> so we have this a, isn't much of a debate. <laughs> we have a new, I don't know, what's his, what is Ryan's title? Uh, director? Oh, Ryan, director Ryan or something? Forth. He's assistant brand manager. Assistant brand assistant manager. That's brand his manager. official title. There you go. So he started this week and he wished us good luck on this show. Apparently he's never heard it. But we welcome, welcome to Don't Chicago. Learn. He's new here. Welcome to Chicago. He came from Nashville. Maybe he's listening now and he'll figure it out. He is not. Nobody important listens to this show. That's why it's still on. It's actually mandated. Mitch, right. Mitch probably told him not. Nah, don't listen don't from listen. 11 to 2. So nope. he comes from Nashville. And I said we should put him on, especially I knew we would get around to Christian Cavallari. We should put him on and discuss whether who's the most obnoxious who's the biggest jerk chicago jay cutler or nashville jay cutler Ooh. and he would be able to give us that view i think that would be a very good because studs because trash pan is obsessed with jay cutler or was it eh, not the so anti- much anymore not so much anymore yeah okay i unfollowed on instagram it's over the relationship he, has ended you've 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 divorced Sh- yeah he's, divorced he probably jay doesn't cutler? know but yeah you know we're divorced now <laughs> 
<laughs> well, and, and, and Steve Ryan can also be our Nashville food correspondent. I recall many moons ago, I, I want to say 2015 or 16, whenever it was, and I was down there and I did a live hit on this show from the Pancake Pantry in Nashville. I do remember I believe, that. I, I, I believe Ryan could probably help us out with some of our food calls for Nashville as well. Yeah, it is a great foodie town, Nashville. And Pancake Pantry is is the place. Even Jay Cutler had to wait in line there. From what I understand, he was there was there was an item about that. All right, we'll uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back. We'll get back to talking about collaboration, and we'll get back to talking about the four horses asses of the bear apocalypse. <laughs> and um, and we'll have there's much met, and we will have Mark Grody at one o'clock. It is his show. He'll be on this show, although he's not on the show now. Mike Esposito is. Bears. But he'll be on that show. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Again, the collaboration. Again, the collaboration. And we got a Vanilla Ice collaborate and listen out of the last segment, which I loved. Thank you, Studs, for that one. From Avenue Q to too, Rosie. From Avenue right. Q to Vanilla Ice. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, and Julie. And Nirvana. We like that too. Yeah. Thanks, Julie. And and you want to share that you responded to a texter and what the texter said first. Yes, uh, so a 312 texter, and we appreciate this. Uh, the kind words were well-received. It's good to hear Mike Esposito, me, on the score more often. Uh, and then comment two says, I hope you all are paying him more than $15 an hour, uh, which they are. And I thanked the texter, and I said, <laughs> I appreciate the kind words just a bit more than the 15 per hour on this uh, fine program. We, we need to play it. We need to play Olin Cruz again. In case you're late joining this story, we want to do this. He was on Spiegel, uh, uh, Parkinson's Spiegel yesterday when they weren't interviewing Clancy Brown that we didn't know about. But Olin's on, and Olin has long talked about, and other former players have talked about having former players in the building talking about helping the Bears get some institutional knowledge of the NFL or just themselves because the bears have the, again, I haven't figured out if it should be called the arrogance of their ignorance or the ignorance of their arrogance, but it's all there in the way they run this company from the lucky sperm club, George McCaskey and Ted Phillips, a guy who negotiated the smallest stadium in the NFL and they keep getting rewarded for being awful in charge. And Olin has done everything but taken out an ad to want to work for them and and be part of a, a players council and that issue came up that discussion came up yesterday on Parkins and Spiegel what would happen if they did put together a little players advisory council and they asked you Olin Krutz to come into the building and work with Ryan Pace and help uh, w- would you do that what would you say to him I'd ask you if they're, if they're talking about for free, right? Are you talking about for free? Because the last time they offered me a job, uh, they offered me $15 an hour. Um, so that wasn't enough. So I wouldn't come in there and help them work because nothing is for free. All of us have worked hard at uh, gaining all this information, all this knowledge, training players on the side, helping players develop uh, in uh, their careers right now. We ha- I helped them develop in football, uh, learn about training them, learn about helping them 
uh, you know, advance their career. So it would just be, what are you asking me to do? Because I'm not going to just come in there, uh, give you information, so you can say I gave you information, but you're not going to listen anyway. So uh, it, it would depend on what they're actually asking you to do, whether it be me, whether it be Patrick Manley, whether it be Brian Erlacher, uh, whether it be, you know, Jimbo Colvert. Uh, all these guys have knowledge, but the Chicago Bears have to be serious. And the only way you show you're serious is you have to pay for the knowledge that you're asking for. They offered me $15 an hour to come in there as like an independent contractor. That is exactly what they did. I was Olin Cruz yesterday on Mark and the Spiegel. Bears offered him $15 in 2018 to consult with Harry Heastan, a man he had idolizes, adores, talks up, loves. The new Notre, the the old and new Notre Dame yeah. offensive line coach. In 2018, when Olin was offered the job of $15 an hour to try to help the Bears' offensive line, the Bears were worth $2.85 billion, according to Forbes. Just thought I'd throw that in. And yes, Texter, um, I'm glad they brought that up. 219 Texter, nothing personal, but Hilgenberg to me is the best center in Bears history, but don't tell Olin. You know what? We can tell Olin. And, and just, they're terrific. They both Honestly, I don't think Olin would even argue. I, I right. I mean, you you look at that offensive line that Jay Hilgenberg centered with Thayer and Bortz and and Covert and Van Horn, Van Horn, and they dominated time of possession for five straight years. They dominated the rushing game for five straight years, best in the NFL. It's really hard to argue with that. You can have your hogs in Washington, but when you talk about dominating. And you talk about making the defense better because your offensive line could run over people even when the offensive line would tell them what was coming. They would still Mm -hmm. do it. And you know what? That gets back to one of the greatest failures of Matt Nagy. He has so many, and part of it is Ryan Pace. But Espo, here's the thing. We've seen so many, especially the last couple months, Third and one, fourth and one, go for it. What do you got to lose? You suck. All that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we need one yard. We're the Bears. We're Matt Nagy's Bears. What play do we run? And it's not toss, crack, left because that loses 10 yards. They, He's in his fourth season when his offense should be clicking, he said. What is their go-to play? What is the one play that every team has that says, we need a yard, you know what's coming, we know what's coming, and you can't stop us. What is Matt Nagy's play? What have you seen, Espo? Uh, what I have seen is that it's usually a pass play of some form, and it starts in the shotgun, and we have guys running all over the place, and inevitably there will be a timeout call. <laughs> and after that, after that, the Bears will then not get the fourth down. I think it's actually toss crack into the short side of the field. That's Matt Nagy's favorite short yardage play. Toss crack, short side of the field. How do you do that? How do you do, what? how do you be, how can you coach four years and not have developed a go-to play that no opponent can stop, even when they know it's coming? You need that. You have to have that play because you have to have a third and one. You need that one yard at certain or fourth and one, whatever you're doing. And he doesn't have that. It, it's just, it's stunning. It's all, there are many <laughs> failures in Matt Nick. Let me ask you something else. Remember when, when Hub reported and we, believe that George made the decision, get rid of Dalton. Right after right after Nagy said, if Dalton's healthy, he's going to start. The next day, 
Mm-hmm. He's saying, no, Justin Fields is our starter. We're so happy to have him. Can't wait. Right. Oh, Dalton's right. healthy, but Justin. So <clears throat> we knew then something happened. And I remember Mark and I talking about it. I said he just got, he got told. He got neutered. That was it. Your career's over. You're not making decisions. You got neutered right there. And then we found out. Hub reported it, and then everybody denied it, and they're a bunch of liars, so I don't believe them. But at that point, you know who you wanted to coach your team? A coach who quits when the owner makes that decision. If you believe so strongly in your scheme, the way Matt Nagy cues to it, clings to it, protects it, Mm -hmm. and you believe your guy, the guy you collaborated on with Ryan Pace, Andy Dalton. What did you say about collaboration? <laughs> I don't know what was happening. What was there. that? What was that? Was that iRobot? <laughs> I, I don't know what Star Wars? That quip was. Uh, hold on, let's try it again. What did you say about collaboration? It's fine now. I don't understand what just happened. <laughs> wow, <laughs> was that? That sucked. Wah, wah, wah. I, I would have had. Oh my God, this sucks. Yeah, that's all. My... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I legitimately don't know what just happened there. Like I, 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 that quip that I just played both times, I played the same quip. It's, it's not different. It's the same one, but one of them came out robotic and the other one didn't. So I, well, there's I, a ghost in, in the machine. I, I think it's all part of the suckage experience here on Saturday suckage, but Esmo, I thought I would have, I, I wanted a coach who would quit when the owner did something like that. Well, you know he's not going to be that guy. Uh, but it he was quite, yeah. No, it was quite evident. And and I, I just recall listening to, because I believe he was called on that. Like, well, you said Dalton was the starter as uh-huh. long as he was healthy. And then he tried to say, well, you know, Andy was healthy, and then he wasn't. And then Justin was the starter. And then, you know, Andy's back, but Justin is doing well. And I mean, you know, word salad that he never really answered the question. But he basically... Um, you know, dodged said question because he said, you know, Andy Dalton, a la Mike Glennon, this is my year and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that was, um, that was all kinds of something, but you know, he, he stuck with fields probably because as you said, and as hub reported that he was told to. And Matt Nagy said something else. Mark and I discussed it after Thanksgiving and it was an odd, it's, it was struck me, struck my ear as odd and the good news is we're going to have Mark Rody coming up next. So we'll do that. We'll run that by him, and we'll just see if this, if he thinks, like I do, that this could end up with Ryan Pace proving to be um, kind of a snake. And we'll see where this might lead us. So Mark Rody's going to be on this show. It is his show, but now it's Mike Esposito's show. Used to be Espo's show. But now it's Mark Rody's show, and he's going to be on this show. You straight with that, Espo? I'm looking forward to having Mark on his own show. It will be excellent. There we go. This is Saturday Second <laughs> Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.